that. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. We are back. We are back. We are back. It has been a week since we've released a show. It's been a week since I've recorded a show. And now, as I've said already, we are back. I know on Friday I said I'd have a show on Wednesday for you, but this past week, we, uh, we, my roommate and I, Steven, were moving to our new place up in Cedar Falls and completely deep cleaning the place that we were at for the past two years, 2705 Walnut Street. We've got a lot of memories there. It was a sad, it was a sad few days seeing the house that you've lived in for two years, made a lot of great memories there, slowly and slowly get emptier and emptier as the day goes on. And on Wednesday, I just spent all Wednesday morning just cleaning the entire house, deep cleaning, scrubbing the floors, sweeping, vacuuming, doing anything to get that house looking tip-top for inspection in hopes of getting our security deposit back, which we haven't heard back from our landlord yet, so we will have to wait and see on that. I think we will, though. I'm very confident that we will. We clean that house like crazy. I say we. I cleaned the house. Steven and I loaded a lot of crap into the into his truck. But as far as cleaning goes, like a scrubbing everything, I did. I think I cleaned about 198% of the house. If I'm being 100% honest, I cleaned the basement all by myself. And then upstairs, uh, the rooms were all cleaned out by them, but I did all the scrubbing and stuff. It was just a, a tough week. It was an exhausting week. Exhausting three to four days. It was, it was not great, but... On the bright side, we did go to Oh My Grill, which I'd never been to before up in Cedar Falls, and goodness gracious, it was delicious. And so if you if you want to go to Oh My Grill and tell them, hey, the Logan Blackman Show shouted you out, then you can tell them that they can sponsor me, maybe? If they want to, if they want to. It's not, I'm not forcing them to, but I did shout them out. And I'll shout them out again. It was very, very good. So if you want it, let's go do it. Let's get a sponsorship done. And then I could say the Logan Blackman show brought to you by Oh My Grill, The Hill, Cedar Falls, Iowa. So that's just a little sample of what we could do, Oh My Grill. That's what we could have. That's something special we could have. And then you can have the special, like, the uh, go to Oh My Grill and tell them the Logan Blackman show sent you. Tell them Logan sent you. I've always wanted to do that. So that's why I did it there. Because... <laughs> You always hear that on the radio, and I always wonder if you went to, like, a a Sports Clips or Applebee's or Village Inn, some of these, like, chain places, and go, wow, this place told me, Dan Patrick told me to come today. What actually happens? I don't really know what actually, I've never done it before, but I don't think they'll go like, oh, wow, okay, yeah, here's your special booth with your special menu since Dan Patrick told you to come. I think the people there not getting paid a lot really care about if Dan Patrick or Colin Cowherd or Murph and Andy told me to go to Applebee's that night. One, there might be a decent chance they don't even know who the person is. And two, I don't think they'd care even if they did know who the person was. But that's another little sidetrack that we do here on the Logan Black, which we don't do a lot. So we got we to gotta get him in every once in a while because, you know, we know we never ever go off topic it's never been a thing that we've done the entirety of doing this show never happened one time but we got a great show planned for you today we've been gone for the past two show days monday and wednesday we did not do a show it's been a while last friday had a decent show 
Hopefully, we have a good one here for you today. So I hope you listen to the entirety of the show. Reminder, the show is sponsored by Oh My Grill. No, it's not. I wish it was, though. So on today's show, we got some new music out. It's a little different than what we usually talk about at the start of the Logan Blackman Show. But I got a lot of artists, a lot of my favorite artists are releasing new tracks and are rumored to be releasing new tracks. So we'll talk about that. So that's our Friday fun day thing for today. Rap. We have a rap tier list of a bunch of rappers for the history of rap, and it is a long one. Good Lord. I don't know if I can get through this entire thing, but you know what? We will certainly try. So that's what we're going to start off with. We got some score updates for you. Bundesliga was this week, KBO, all that stuff. We got start dates for new league, for leagues across the world of soccer. We got a lot of fun stuff, but the La Liga just announced they are coming back on June 11th. So look out for that. And also, going with La Liga coming on June 11th, the Bundesliga returned on the 16th of May. We got 11th of June coming up for the Liga. 17th of June coming up for the Premier League. And the 20th of June coming up for Serie A. We are slowly but surely coming back to normal. No fans will be at these things, obviously. And we'll see how the season ends for all these leagues. See if they end them... As they were planning to, I don't, I don't really know how, because the se- it's going to run into the new season. They're going to have to play like two games a week, probably, if they want to do the entirety of the rest of the season. I don't know what their plans are, but time will tell. Time will tell. We got college football. We are ninety nine days away from the start of the college football season. You and I, big expectations for the UNI Panthers this year. Friend of the show, Will McIlvain. I've always wanted, I've wanted to say that as well. We have interviews now, so we can say friend of the show. Uh, tweeted out something the other day saying they have bigger plans for this year when a website had them coming in third or something like that, ranked them number three. We'll talk about that in a little bit. We got JT Daniels finally announcing where he's transferring to. So we'll talk about that and that team's quarterback room going into the next few years. It's pretty, it's pretty loaded. And what this one USC quarterback has done to two Matter Day quarterbacks, two Matter Day legends, I guess you could say. We got some NFL stuff to talk about as well. We got quarterbacks who need a change of scenery. We got five quarterbacks on this list. And we got the return of five dumbest. This week is the New Jersey Jets. We got five dumb things the Jets have done throughout their entire history and why they're extremely dumb. And yeah, that's all we got for you today. Hopefully you stay tuned for the entirety of the show. If not, you can try and fast forward to those parts. If you just want to hear those parts, don't want to hear Logan ramble on about random things. Like, if you don't care about rap or music or whatever, you can just skip to the other stuff. But we do have some great music coming out recently. My favorite YouTuber I've watched ever since I was in middle school, KSI, released his first solo album called The Simulation. And it is a very nice album i enjoyed the crap listening the crap out of listening to this album uh it's something completely different than what he's done it's not like his last album new age with randolph who he's made a lot of music with especially in the older days with the hesky time songs those are fantastic videos but this album i like pretty much every single song on this album now houdini banger bad little vibe banger uh killa killa is a banger Killa Killa might be my favorite. That or Domain. Domain is sick too because it's just, it's, I don't know. I don't really know how you want me to explain it, but they're just sick. Down Like That, of course. 
Sick, the song he released right after he beat Logan Paul in the fight in November. Uh, Millions, a little deeper song. It's the last song on the album. It's a lot deeper than the rest of the songs. I believe it's targeted as his brother, Deji, which the lyrics make perfect sense if you know the backstory behind that. Cap, obviously with Offset. That song's just, a, that's a banger. That's going to get played all over the place. That's a, a banging song. And the music video is sweet. And you, you you think, like, watching him for so long and looking at him at the YouTube videos with the gap in his teeth, the glasses, the short hair, screaming at the top of his lungs at the TV, at a video game screen. And then now he's doing songs with Offset, with Hot Cheeto-looking dreadlocks. And you just know... It's crazy for a person that's watched him for so long, but I don't know how... It's got to be insane for him. Like, jeez. Fighting Logan Paul, who's not the most athletic person of all time. He's even said that. And, yeah. So, it's got to be crazy. It's got to be absolutely crazy to think about. And the official charts, they are coming out today. And I've got to see if he made number one because if he did then we got a little story to tell for his number one album if he gets number one album but it's not popping up i don't know why it's not popping up this is just a bunch of random things i don't want this one i want i saw it the other day the irish number one i don't think he cares about that one it's i don't know well this isn't popping up anywhere so i don't know what to do (laughs) i don't know how to find this i don't know how to work this stupid website someone help me someone help me please because it's not popping up when you click albums it's not on there but Whatever, so, if you know the backstory, like, I don't know, it feels like it was a while ago, but he had this nasty hair for a little bit. He's that. There was a time where he had the most disgusting hair of all time. People might say his red hair is gross now. You should have seen his llama haircut and his flat, his high top thing that he was going with. That It was just not great. It was not great. So, Mini Minter uh, put out a thing called Baldski. Instead of they did cert, I think it was their Sideman book that they had. If it got to number one, they would shave his head, JJ's head, KSI's head. Then that started the whole Baldski thing. KSI last week said if his album gets number one on the official charts, he made sure to emphasize the official charts part, said he would go back to bald. Now, it's not a very good look, especially when you're trying to make music and perform and all that, and you're just bald. You're making all these <laughs> these trap beats and you're just scream- going up there all bald. That's not a very great, it's not a great look. It's something that he's probably not going to want to have. So he's been really worried about it ever since, so for this entire week, which is really good marketing ploy by him because if he says don't stream, that's going to make other people stream it and buy it and do all that stuff. So it's a little bit of a good and bad. He's, in, he's not in a lose-lose situation. He's in a win-win situation. Either his album gets number two, he gets to keep his hair, which he's been growing for three years, or he gets number one, but he has to go bald. But you get the number one, or you get to keep your hair. Like, there's no really negative parts of this. Obviously, the going bald is 
not something you really want to have happen. I couldn't, I don't want to go bald anytime soon. That's not, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm never, I'm not planning on shaving my head and going completely bald anytime soon. Any, anytime soon. I'm not planning on doing that because I just look weird bald. It'd be terrible. And now I'm on Twitter. So the official Irish charts he made number one. But it doesn't say anything for... Yeah, it looks like he's just going to get number two. Right behind the 1975. But it's it's not really popping up on my thing, on my computer. So I don't know what's going on there. But it looks like he got number two behind the 1975. He even, he even reviewed the 1975... And a Gus D from BTS, one of their songs, or one of his songs, so he could get them to pass him. Like, oh man, these songs are awesome. Please stream this song. The Gus D song was sweet. The music video was sweet. I had to send it to my roommates from you and I because I was like, dude, this, I don't know what's going on here, but this is sick. And the 1975 one, a completely different vibe, obviously, if you know the 1975, completely different vibe than what a Gus D was doing. But it was still a decent song. Still a decent song, but the 1975 looks like they've gotten the number one spot locked up. But still, go listen to KSI's album. It's a lot better than some of the stuff the other he did in the past, like Keep Up, Creature. Like this one, it's it's very, very good. It's a good album. It's like it's better than New Age. And New Age was a very good album, which he did with Randolph, as we talked about earlier. But you gotta go listen to it. I would recommend listening to it. And other artists of Logan that he really enjoys. Flatbush Zombies released a single yesterday called I Am Legend, and it is a banger. Just typical Flatbush Zombies stuff there. Watched the YouTube video last night, or yesterday, about an hour after it came out. It came out at like 11 yesterday. We saw it around 11.50, I would guess. Absolute banger of a song. Their album's coming out on June 5th. Now more than ever is what the album is called. So I'm very, very much looking forward to that. And along with Flatbush Zombies, Joey Badass, Kendrick Lamar, J.I.D., all of my favorite artists are releasing songs, or releasing albums in 2020, if you believe the rumors. Kendrick Lamar, there was someone from his uh, corner, I guess you could call it, saying that he's coming out with an album very, very soon. Now I'm just waiting for him to delete everything off his Instagram and just post the Roman numeral 5 like he did with the last album with the heart part 5 this time. And then we can get crazy when the heart part five drops whoo it's going to go crazy joey he said he's releasing around a 10 song album at least that's what he wants to do so hopefully that comes out soon jid has been working on stuff throughout this year so hopefully all these guys release albums very 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 soon no date set for any of these and it's pretty much just rumors but you know what I could, I could pretty much nail down that Joey and J.I.D. are dropping something this year. Kendrick has been is a mystery all the time. You never hear about him. He just keeps a low profile. He's like the anti-celebrity celebrity, if that makes any sense. You never hear about what Kendrick is doing all the time. He's always just like, he's there. Uh, but you never hear anything. You never hear anything bad about him. You never hear any, You never hear anything about him. But hopefully he drops an album very soon. We are craving new music from Kendrick Lamar, the greatest rapper of all time. So let's, with that being said, let's go into this tier list. There is a lot 
of rappers on this tier list. I'm going to set this up on my laptop, my microphone, so I can just sit here like this. So we got a lot of people. There's a lot of people on here. And the tiers go best in the game. Goat, very talented, nearly flawless, but not top tier. Good, but not great. Might be somewhat inconsistent. Occasionally good, but not consistently. Mostly inconsistent in quality. Almost always lacks in quality or skill, but isn't entirely trash. Then we got trash. Obviously, you got to have a trash one on there. And then unsure, don't know, no opinion. So we got a lot of people on here because there's a lot of people in music. There's a lot of people in music. So let's start off with this list, 6-9. We can just throw him right in goat tier. No, I'm kidding. We got to throw him in trash. He's just not, <laughs> I don't, I've never liked 6-9. He bothers me. He's bothered me ever since, um, crap, Gummo came out or Gummo. What, what was the first song he had? I don't I think it was called that. Then he just came out with this new song. And there's a lot of colors in there. There's a lot of colors going on in that music video. And it's just hard to watch. He's just a hard person to listen to. And I just don't enjoy anything he does. I just never, never had. I was just scrolling through your bad baby. Yeah, also, trash. Trash. Gotta throw him in there as well. Blueface. I've never liked Blueface. I don't know how. His music is just so hard to listen to because he raps off beat. I don't know. I've just never liked. I gotta throw him in that one i'm gonna look for more people that i could throw in trash um who else could we throw in that one kyle i don't like kyle i i've never he's he's bothered me for a while ever since that uh i spy song came out he's bothered me i've never liked it lil pump again trash gotta throw him up in there lil xan trash got all these people we got a lot of people in trash so far who else could we throw in there keep scrolling through again there's a lot of people on this list so it's kind of hard to look through everybody slim jimmy from ray shreman yeah he can go in there as well swale is carrying that he's just not he hasn't done anything that i have seen that's worth listening to as far as his solo stuff that i can remember now let's look up at the goat tier the best in the game now there's a lot of people there's not a well not a lot of people we have to throw certain people up there like Eminem has to go up there his latest stuff hasn't been great especially kamikaze or not kamikaze um revival what was that album called the american flag kamikaze was an improvement music get murdered by is a decent album as well it's got some bangers on there but Eminem early Eminem no one can challenge Eminem as far as a lyrical rapper when you talk about like going to rap battles he's gonna murder anybody nobody wants to battle eminem in a rap battle and as i'm looking on the rest of this list we got kendrick lamar right there he goes up in the goat tier as well he has to he has to i already called him the greatest rapper of all time he has to go up there kanye west also has to go up there uh for all of the stuff he's made he's made some amazing amazing projects throughout the years uh jay-z again goat tier Jay-Z does so much stuff outside of the world of rap as well, just which makes him, he's just a GOAT. Jay-Z, you have to throw him up there in the GOAT tier. I'm trying to go fast here because I don't really want to sit here. There's a lot of people here. Nas, I think we can throw Nas up in the GOAT tier. Nas, um, some of the most legendary hip-hop albums all, all time, Illmatic. Just, just great stuff from Nas. He has to go up there. And then we got the likes of 
Where are they at? Where are they at? They have to, if they're not on this list, then I might have to retract what I was just saying. Are Tupac and Biggie not on this list? Otherwise, I'm just scrolling past them and just haven't noticed them yet. Yeah, they're not on this list, I don't think. I don't think they exist on this list. So, if I can think of other people on here, they're going to go up in the GOAT tier in a little bit. One person I think is very, 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 very close and probably should be thrown up in the GOAT tier is Ice Cube. Because Ice Cube wrote all the stuff for NWA, the, the, the group that completely changed the rap game. Just everything about the rap game, NWA changed it. And Ice Cube was a big reason why that changed. You could, I might throw him up in the GOAT tier in a little bit. But for right now, I'm just going to throw him in that one. I got to throw this person the no opinion one, Drake. I never know what to think about Drake. Uh, my roommate, Andrew, or my ex-roommate, Andrew, I guess you could say, he hates Drake. Drake is by far his least favorite artist. Drake pisses him off every single time he comes on, even on a feature. He'll listen to the part of the artist, and Drake's feature starts, he skips the rest of the song. So I don't, and to me, I've never really personally liked Drake, but Drake's made some great track. He's made loads of money he's just very cringy <laughs> and i don't know if i can put him anywhere else but the no opinion one um let's go to the ne- the very talented nearly flawless one i think you gotta throw in the likes of j cole in that one as well you could you could make an argument to throw him up in the best in the game goat tier one but i'm gonna throw him right there i think joey badass has to go up in the very talented nearly flawless but not top tier ones I think you throw Future up there as well because Future has made some insane albums over the years. You might even want to argue that he goes in the GOAT tier. Childish Gambino or Donald Glover, with all the stuff he's done and changing his style of music from purely a rapper to now just making music. Just pure music, I guess. He's had some great albums because of the internet is one of the greatest albums, in my opinion, of all time. He has to go in the very talented part as well um Lil Wayne okay this one's a little interesting I've never really been a huge fan of Lil Wayne but he's got some absolute bangers Millie Lollipop like he's got some absolute bangers so I don't know where to put him um I I might just throw him in the no the no opinion one I don't really have an opinion on Lil Wayne I don't hate him I don't like him I don't love him I don't dislike him he's just kind of there so I got to throw him there. Oh, Chief Keef. Uh, Chief Keef. <laughs> do we do the... Actually, wait a minute. Let's throw Chief. We'll talk about Chief Keef last. <laughs> uh, where was the other guy I wanted to put up at the top? Uh, there's one more. Where is he at? For the memes. Yeah, I put Brian Scalabrini in the GOAT tier when we did the Bulls tier list last time. Now I got to put this guy up there and for like the meme purposes. Oh, where's he at? There he is. Lil B, <laughs> the base god. Lil B got to go up in the GOAT tier. I don't think there's a challenge. The the F Kevin Durant song, like that's just the GOAT song in itself. I mean, there's no one that can challenge that as a, I don't know, as a, le- a I don't really know what you want to call it. It's just a game-changing song. It is one of the greatest tracks of all time. I think I'm going to throw J.I.D. up in the very talented, nearly flawless one because I think he's, He's two for two on albums. Much like Joey, he hasn't missed on an album yet. 
a lot of these people haven't missed on albums. They're just legendary figures in rap. They're just very great figures in rap. Um, I just saw him on here. Where'd he go? Yeah, there's a lot of people on here again. So I gotta, this is hard to look through this entire list and then go, oh, wait, I want to put this list, this person somewhere. But then you lose him. Oh, there he is. Little baby. He's kind of, he's pretty much just running. He's, he's running everything right now. I think got to throw him in the very talented one. He gets thrown up on my social media feeds all the time. He's got to go in the very, very talented, nearly flawless tier. He's running the rap game right now. He just is. You might want to, I, he's not the best in the, as of right now, he probably is considered the best in the game based off of who's rapping currently, who's been releasing stuff. He's got to be mentioned up there, but I'm going to throw him in the very talented, nearly flawless one there. Um, ASAP Rocky, I think you can throw him in the tier right below that. I think he's good. He ain't great, but he's he's a good rapper. He got he's got good stuff. I think Two Chains can go up there as well. Uh, who else do we want to throw on that tier? Big Sean. I think we could definitely throw Big Sean on that tier with ASAP Rocky and Two Chains. I want to throw. I gotta throw my dude Chief Keef in somewhere. We're not gonna do that right now. I'm gonna Denzel Curry on that one as well. I might throw him up to very talented because again, Denzel Curry is very very talented but i don't know i do i rank him as highly as i do those other people i don't really know joiner lucas i'm gonna put occasionally good um his he can joiner lucas can spit that's true that's facts the will smith song just a absolute slapper even when will smith came on the track made it even that much sicker that they collabed on the track once will smith ended up seeing it but the album as a whole, ADHD, is just kind of weird. I I don't know. I like Jordan Lucas as an artist. But that album is just kind of it's kind of weird. I don't really know how to explain it other than that. It's a very personal album, you can tell, for him. But that album's just not... It, uh, it's decent. It's a decent album, but I'm not... Yeah, I think occasionally good. I think you could throw him up in good, not great, might somewhat be in. Because actually... Yeah, I'm gonna throw him up in that one because he does. He he is pretty much consistent. The album is just not that great. Um, I want to throw look at people more. Actually, Jaden Smith. I think I'm gonna throw him in Unshirks. I don't. I think I know one song by Jaden Smith, so I am gonna throw him there. Designer, uh, trash. He had some. He had that banger with Panda and then Timmy Turner. Um, but yeah, I don't think even he knows what he's saying 99% of the time. I think it's just a huge huge mystery uh the baby different than little baby i think you got to throw him in good but not great he raps with the same flow every single time but that the um, the verse on under the sun off the dreamville album is one of the best verses of any rap song of the last year he absolutely bodied it he bodied it and he's got some very good stuff i'm gonna throw him in that one i think he's very on par with those guys a lot of some people, like my roommate Steven, didn't know there's a difference between Lil Baby and Da Baby. They are two different people, both very talented people. But I gotta throw Lil Baby above Da Baby in that one. Absol, good but not great. Absol is very underrated. I think you could throw Absol in very talented, nearly flawless, but he doesn't release anything. <laughs> he had that uh, freestyle a little bit ago. Same with Isaiah Rashad for J um, for Top Dogs. Uh, fan appreciation week 
uh, speaking of Isaiah Rashad, let's throw Isaiah Rashad up in the very talented one. Isaiah Rashad has got some bangers. Isaiah Rashad is a very, very, very talented rapper. Everybody on TDE is a very, very talented rapper. So let's find Schoolboy Q on this as well. Is Schoolboy Q on here? There he is. I think you got to throw him up in that same category as well. This TDE has got some absolute gems as far as artists. TDE is amazing. Isaiah Rashad, Schoolboy, Absol, SZA, Kendrick. Like we, that's not even... There's more people than that. They just got some great people on that record label. And they're all talented. There's always that talk between Dreamville and Top Dog. Both have extremely talented people. Like Dreamville, you got the likes of J.I.D., J. Cole, Boz. Then, as we have we already said, TDE. There's more on Dreamville as well. But those are the ones that just came right to my head straight away. I would put, I would take TDE. The two best are Kendrick and J. Cole, and I think Kendrick's better. And then you can go down by down by each rapper, and I think you would take the guys on TDE more than you would on Dreamville. It's not saying anything bad against Dreamville at all. It's just how talented Top Dog Entertainment is. Um, who else do we have on this list that I can just... I instantly just know where to throw them at. Uh, 50 Cent. 50 Cent ran the rap game in the early 2000s. He had some absolute bangers. He made Jay-Z take a break. He had a video game. Like, 50 Cent is awesome. I don't know. He's teeter-tottering between the very talented nearly flawless, but I can't put... I don't know. We'll keep him in the good but not great one. Maybe we could throw him up there at the next one maybe mac miller i think he goes in that tier list with asap rocky and two chains and all those guys good not great he's a very good rapper and he has some absolute slappers but i don't know i can't put him up there with the likes of j cole joey ice cube uh childish gambino all those guys i'm gonna put him in the next tier below he's very close to that one because he's very talented but yeah we'll throw him in there a uh, little uzi vert um occasionally good or yeah i'm gonna put him in occasionally good like he's got some bangers uzi does everybody knows uzi's got some bangers but sometimes it can be a little much but when you're feeling a little little uzi vert song it hits the it's the exact it's the right thing at the right time you got to get your little uzi vert hit in but it's not good all the time. If you're like, oh, gosh, I can't. Sometimes it's very high-pitched, and sometimes it doesn't make any sense. Sometimes you don't like that, yeah, 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 which is my favorite part of Bad and Bougie because you could find clips of that just looped over and over and over and over again, and it just makes it very funny to, <laughs> to listen to. Oh, Snoop Dogg. I don't even see Snoop D-O-double-G on here. Um, I think we're going to have to throw – I don't – I don't want to talk about Snoop right now. We'll talk about Snoop in a little bit. Mac or not Mac Miller, uh, Macklemore. Um, I'm gonna throw him with the Uzi tier. Occasionally good, but not. He made Thrift Shop. He made that first album with Ryan Lewis, and then Ryan Lewis is gone, and then that was pretty much it. Yachty almost always lasts. He isn't entirely trash. Lil Yachty's not entirely trash, but he's not great. So I'm going to throw him in that second to last tier right be- right above Trash. We're going to try and move a little bit faster here. Kodak Black, I think I'm going to throw him in the same tier as Yachty. I don't like Kodak Black. Kodak Black, never have. Uh, I think he fits right there 
perfectly. I think I go G Easy in that one as well. Might throw him in the trash one, but G Easy can go up in that one. Uh, Meek Mill. Uh, Meek Mill can go up in the good but not great category. I think that's a good spot for Meek Mill. He's got some bars. Meek Mill's got some bangers. Uh, Dreams and Nightmares, of course, is one of his more well-known songs and gets played everywhere. In every weight room, you'll find that song playing one that switches up completely. Everybody goes insane. So you got to throw him up pretty high in this list, but not with some of the other people on the... I don't know. This is so hard. I hate... I hate tier lists. I hate that we started doing this because no one's ever going to be happy with what you do. Um, Post Malone, I think you go in that same tier as well. I All Post Malone stuff sounds the exact same. I'm not a huge fan of Post Malone. I mean, he's all right. He's got some bangers. Everybody on this list that I've talked about has some bangers. Everybody I've talked about has at least one banger in their arsenal. They can think of off the top of their head. Like, Lil B have Kevin Durant, the greatest song of all time, the greatest rap song of all time. So you have to have him on GOAT tier. Some bangers are saving artists from going down a tier below. Like Lil Yachty, you got, oh crap, what was it called? Oh, it was all over when we were at William Penn. What is it called? Oh no, we got Minnesota. That's not the song I'm thinking of though. Oh, crap. I got to find this thing. One Night. That's what it is. That is... It's keeping him from the other, the below tier. The Little Boat album is... It's got some funny songs on it. And that was really big freshman year. Yeah, very big stuff freshman year. But, yeah, Post Malone... I, I don't know. I've just never been a huge Post Malone uh, fan. Who else we got here? Chance the Rapper. Uh, He's like Drake. He's just very corny. I think we can throw him up in that. Actually, no. His first two albums are really, really good. So I got to throw him in the good but not great category with the likes of Mac Miller, uh, Big Sean, Denzel. Yeah, I think he fits well in that category. Who else do we got on this list? Migos. Migos is an interesting one. As far as rap groups go, they might be one of the greatest rap groups of all time. They completely changed. They were one of the groups responsible of changing the rap game and making Atlanta the hub of hip hop, where everybody looked at Atlanta and goes, and everybody basically agrees, hip hop resides. The capital of hip hop right now is in Atlanta, with the likes of New York and LA getting upset with that, Chicago, but Atlanta's got a lot of great groups. You might throw Migos in the best in the game, because as far as a group goes, they rarely miss. Their last Culture 2 was a very, very long album. Um, I don't know. It's hard to put. Uh, I don't know. Together, they're pretty much unstoppable. Separate, they're a little different. So let's go into the separations of uh, Migos. We got Offset, uh, Takeoff, and Quavo all on this list. As well, we'll start off with Offset. Offset, personally, is my favorite artist in the Migos. But... I don't know. I'll throw him in good. I'll throw him in good, not great. Where's Takeoff? I think Takeoff um, arguably is the best rapper in Migos. I'm going to throw him in the that same category right next to Offset. It gets disrespected a lot as far as Migos goes, but he is he's very, very talented. Quavo, on the other hand, um, other than the hooks, 
uh, he's not a very good rapper, as you saw on his solo album. They all released solo albums. Offset and Takeoff's albums were pretty good. Were pretty solid albums. Quavo's was not. Quavo's was very bad. <laughs> Quavo's was not good at all. But together, they are awesome. I might throw Mac Miller one next down to G-Eazy, because I don't really like Mac Miller. I can't put him on the same level as Quavo and Lil Uzi. I can't. I can't honestly do that. Uh, Anderson Pac. Um, I'd throw him up in the very talented one. He's not a rapper, but he makes very good music whenever he releases something. And that just got me thinking of YBN Cordray. Where is he at? I saw him right here. Um, he's got to go up pretty high on this list. He could probably go... Oh, geez. I'll put him in the, the good but not great one. He makes some very, very good songs. But I'll put him in that one for right now. Again, this is subject to change once I get done with this and take a little break from the show. Because I might want to change the, I might want to change things up a little bit. Push a T. I think we'd throw him in that um I don't know. You're going to completely different eras of hip hop here. Cause you got Pusha T. Then you got YBN Cordray. They're not the same person. Is Pusha T closer to the very talented, flawless one? I got it. I'll put Pusha T up there. Pusha T has some absolute slappers from his arsenal. Trouble on my mind. That was in the weight room all the time with him and Tyler, the creator. That was on all the freaking time in the weight room while we were in high school. Speaking of Tyler, the creator, here he is right here. I think you got to throw Tyler, the creator up in that second tier. Uh, very talented, nearly flawed. He is, he's like Childish Gambino where he's completely changed his style of music completely, completely flipped it on top of its head, but still very talented. He hasn't missed. He won a Grammy. He hasn't missed on anything he's released yet. He has to go in the very, very talented one, like very, very talented. Um, Lil Dicky, the show is, is very good, but I don't know. He's always hard. He's always hard to grade. <laughs> I'll put him in the good, not great category. I think he fits in with like some Mac Miller, Post Malone, Chance, Big Sean. I think he fits decently well in that little group we got going on there. Twenty One Savage. I'll throw him up with Uzi and Quavo with occasionally good. Uh, he's got some slappers as well. He's definitely got some slappers. Uh, ASAP Ferg. He could probably go up in that same category as well with. Quavo, 21, Lil Uzi, they'll all go in that same exact category. Uh, who else we got? Gucci Mane, he goes up in there as well. I'm trying to fill out that that tier. J-Rock, um, we probably throw him in the good but not great category. J-Rock's got some good stuff, but is he up there with Isaiah Rashad and Schoolboy Q? I don't know. I think he's closer to, I don't know. They're, TDE's got so many good people, it's so hard to to rank all these people. Um, Logic, um, I'll throw him up with the Gucci Mane one, because he had a very good album, I can't remember what it was called, my roommate, as we've talked about before on the show, Andrew, the guy who doesn't like Drake, he's a big time Logic fan, I've never been a huge Logic person, never have, uh, he had that Under Pressure song years ago, and that was a very, very good album, or very good song, I should say, I really enjoyed that, I played that song all the freaking time. What was this album? The Incredible True Story. That's one that a lot of people really, really like when it comes to Logic. But yeah, I'll throw them up in that 
category. I don't know. This is so hard to do. I hate tier lists. Why did I do this one? Especially this one. Uh, MF Doom. Uh, I think he goes in the second tier with the very talented ones. He is very talented, but he's very underground. So you won't hear a lot of his stuff unless you actively go and search for it. You won't hear it on the radio on Hits 99.9 or something or Hits 107 FM, 107.5, Kiss FM or whatever it's called. So you have to go out and actively search for it, but he's still very, very talented. He's one of the best rappers that not a lot of people know about. Kind of the hipster's favorite rapper, I guess. He's like the Borussia Dortmund of rap, the Tottenham Hotspur of rap, the Atletico Madrid of rap. Like, that's... he. You, a lot of people like him, but at the same time, no one else... There's a lot of people that either A, don't know about him, or two, or, or <laughs> A, or two... A or B, so A, don't know about him, or to, or B, just don't care. So you'd have to go actively search for him, but he's got some good stuff when you actually end up going and search for him. Travis Scott, um, he's got some bangers. I'll put him up in the very talented one. I'm not a huge fan of Travis Scott, but I can respect the stuff that he has. At least he has some absolute slappers. The kid from Houston, he's got some good stuff. I got to put him up there. Man, Chief Keef just keeps staring me in the face. I got to do him last, though. I want to do Chief Keef last. Check West. Um, Mo Bamba is trash. But it's a good it's a good club beat, I guess. But the song is not that good. He's got going. He got going trash. Ray Shrummond, uh, Swale, and Slim Jimmy. Um, they'll go up with the Logics, the Gucci Mains, ASAP Ferg, all that stuff. I think we can throw them in the Actually... You know what? I'll throw Logic up one and move Lil Dicky down one for right now. Because I'm thinking about it. Logic's released a lot better stuff more consistently than Lil Dicky. Because I think Lil Dicky only has one album. But everybody loves Lil Dicky. He's a very unique style of rapper. And he's got flow. I don't know. Put him up there. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll change this once we're once we get... Once I get ready to take another break, because this this just sucks. I hate doing this, but I keep doing it. I'm gonna keep telling myself I hate doing it, but you know what? I'm gonna keep doing it. Uh, Cardi B, uh, she can go in the not entirely trash one. She's not entirely trash, but her stuff's not great. Rihanna, um, oh jeez, we could throw her in the goat, but I think I'm gonna throw her in very talented. One, because if I look, if I compare her stuff next to Lil B, it's not very fair to Rihanna. So, <laughs> you know, uh, Vince Staples, I really like listening to Vince Staples. He's a very, very talented rapper, but I think I'm going to throw him next to the Big Sean's, the Denzel Curry's of the world. I think that's where he fits in, in this list. Machine Gun Kelly, uh, he can go in the Cardi B tier. He's not entirely trash, but ever since he tried to diss Eminem, it's kind of been all downhill from there. Especially when he flipped off the camera and told the rest of the crowd to flip him off. And didn't tell the crowd what they were flipping off. And then he posted said, look at this Eminem. This is what they think about you. And then everybody in the crowd was like, yeah, that's not... You didn't tell us what we were flipping off. We just kind of did it. And yeah, he goes in that category. He's got some good stuff, but that's where he belongs. Who else do we got on this? Um... I mean, a lot. Some of these people aren't even like you consider certain rappers, or I've just never even heard about them. 
Uh, Royce to 5.9, I think he goes in good, not great category, especially with Bad Meets Evil. That was some great stuff in the early 2000s. Gotta love a little Bad Meets Evil every now and again. Uh, T-Pain had some absolute bangers in the early 2000s. You might want to, you could probably throw him up in the very talented one because he can sing very, very well without the auto-tune. The auto-tune is just a little added effect to his voice. He's a very talented very, very talented musician. I think he belongs on the very talented one. But again, he's not really... I don't know. It's not... I. It's hard to do this. It's very hard to do this and not make everybody upset. Nicki Minaj, I think she can go in that tier right... Uh, the good but not great. Actually, she probably is considered great. She does have some good... She does have some absolute slappers now. Let's not get that twist. She does have some good songs, but she is very, uh, how do I put this slightly? Annoying, I guess. So we could, you could possibly throw up in the very talented, nearly flawless one, but, which I might later. But again, this is just initial reactions. We might change it once I end up posting this on Twitter. We've made a solid dent in this list, but we still got quite a few people left. Uh, Wale. I think we can throw him up in that good but not great category again. He is a very he's he's talented. Wale's got some good stuff, but he's not uh very talented, nearly flawless, top but not top tier. He's not that good. He's got some good stuff though. I will say that. Uh who else do we want to throw on this list? Young Thug. I've never been a huge Young Thug fan, but I think Young Thug is very talented and the video for Wyclef Jean is great <laughs> cuz I don't know if that's a true story or if that's just what he planned for it or what they planned for it all together, but he is very talented. I will give him that. Sometimes his voice can be a little too much, but he is still a talented musician. Swale, the other part, the second half of Ray Shremond, I think he can go in the... Actually, no, I'll put him up with Ray Shremond because he pretty much carries Ray Shremond. Occasionally good, but not consistently. Um, he does have some good stuff. He, he is basically all of Ray Shreman to me anyways someone else could disagree with that but he does have some decent stuff with yes he does have some decent solo stuff um what else do we want to throw on this okay I'll chief I'll throw you on here chief keep goes in the goat tier <laughs> chief keep has to go up with little b as the goat goat tier um why uh love Sosa was the first song I ever downloaded on my phone I got an Apple, I got an iTunes card for Christmas. I never had a song on my phone, ever. So, um, I was with my friend Noah downstairs in my basement, and we were looking for songs to download. That was the first song I ever downloaded was Love Sosa by Chief Keef. I think we can make another tier of <laughs> actual GOAT of Lil B and Chief Keef, because they're different than the likes of Eminem, Kendrick, Kanye, Jay-Z, and Nas. <laughs> they're on a whole another stratosphere than everybody else on this list but chief keef um he was so young <laughs> when he did this stuff like it's crazy to think about but chief keeps around my age i think he's only like a year older i gotta look this up because he's got like four kids and he's just around my he's 24 he's two years older than me two years older than me i remember when we were in middle school and i think in uh eighth or ninth grade for those of you who don't know, Johnson Middle School was 8th and ninth grade. So when I say middle school, 
that's what I meant. Eight, ninth grade. I know ninth grade is technically high school, but we were in the middle school. I remember looking at that and going, man, he is our age. He's just, he's two years older than us. Goodness gracious. But Chief Keefe has to go in the GOAT tier. He has to go. I mean, you can't honestly not put Chief Keefe up in the GOAT tier. Oh, French Montana. And if you're talking to French Montana, French Montana belongs in a tier above Lil B and Chief Keefe. Like, he's got, and we go hit for hit with Kendrick. I got my stuff. Okay? But I gotta say, I think Kanye and Jay-Z got me beat on hits. Like, oh, really? No way. Um... I don't know. He's very talented. He does have some hits. I'll throw him up in the... Oh, gosh. I don't know. We we could throw him... I, again, if you ask him, he's the greatest musician of all time. He does have some hits, though. He has a lot of hits. To say that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. He does have a song with Sway Lee from 2017 he has some absolute bangers where do we throw him though i would not put him anywhere near the likes of kendrick kanye and jay-z and eminem and all that stuff um i'll throw him in the good but not i don't know this is hard again we'll we'll edit this once this comes out wiz khalifa i think he goes in that same category with like wale and all that black and yellow slaps see you again very emotional song with uh charlie pooth i think is his name but i'm just not i'm just not a huge fan of wiz khalifa so i think i'm gonna throw him in the good but not great category maybe people have a problem with that but guess what i don't really care okay i don't really care smoke perp uh i'll throw smoke perp with the machine gun kelly's of the world not entirely trash he doesn't have he's not great i see why people like him but he's one of those mumble rappers, so I'll, I'll, I, I don't know. I'll throw him up in the always, almost always last qual, but is entirely trash. He's not entirely trash. I'll put him up there. Um, Vic Mensa, he had some absolute bangers uh, when he first started uh, with Kanye, the act like I don't know nobody. I can't remember what the song was called. Like, I don't know nobody. Like, I don't know nobody. I guess I don't. Remember that song? So he's got, that song is really good i think i'll throw him up with the likes of wiz khalifa and that stuff i mean he's got some good stuff i'm not gonna deny that he's got some good stuff and going in the good but not great category is not bad because we got some very talented people in that category which doesn't make sense as one's called very talented but i think that's that's where he belongs i think he's got some he's got some good stuff he's got some good stuff um who else do we want to throw in on this list because i'd there's some people I don't know on this list, and I don't just want to keep throwing people on the don't know. I'll throw Lil Peep and the unsure don't know, because I really don't know anything about Lil Peep. I don't. I don't know anything about him. I know my roommate from William Penn, Kevin, really liked Lil Peep. I know some people really like Lil Peep. I could not tell you any songs that he's ever released, ever. I could not tell you any song he's ever released. And so that's why I'm going to throw him there. Uh, who else do we want to throw on this list? Because I don't want to throw everybody on this list. Uh, Action Bronson. I'll throw him in the good category with the likes of ASAP, Rocky, Vince Staples, Mac, all those guys. I think he could go there. I think he's a very ta- He's talented. And you can tell it's him when he starts rapping. He's got that very unique voice. I think he can go on that, on that tier. 
let's get through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Let's go through ten more if we can. And if I know enough people on this list, because we're getting down to people that I don't 100% know. Okay? So we're getting a little bit of scary territory here. I got to figure out who. I got to read all these names. Because I got names on the bottoms. So I got to read them. I figure out, oh, yeah, NBA, young boy NBA. Young boy never broke again. Um, He's good. Yeah, NBA young. Actually, no. Let's throw him in with the Quavos, the Lil Uzi Verts, 21 Savage, that group. He had a good song with Baby recently. I can't remember what the song was called, but it was a decent song. And, yeah, the NBA Young, the Young Boy NBA memes, memes are fantastic. The Young Boy NBA fans walking around just doing everything all mad. I think he's got some good stuff, but I'll throw him in the, the Quavos, Lil Uzi Verts of the world. Uh, who else can we throw on here? Playboy Cardi. I think he can go on the exact same tier list. I've never been a huge Playboy Cardi fan, but he has some he has some decent stuff. He just released an album, I think, a little bit ago. So I, I think I could throw him in the occasionally good, because he does have occasionally good stuff. Him and Uzi have released songs together, and I think they had some sort of beef recently. So I think we can throw him in on that one. Juice World. Um, I think I could throw him in on that cur- that same exact tier as well. We're probably we're filling up the occasionally good but not consistently good tier. I think it's fair. I think we could definitely fill that tier list up with those types of people. Tyga, uh, Tyga can go in the. Uh, I don't know. You could. Where do we want to throw Tyga? Let's look up some of Tyga's songs because I haven't listened to Tyga in a, forever, so I can't I can't really remember any Tyga songs if. I'm being 100% honest. Jeez. He's released stuff recently? I didn't even know he released... He's been releasing stuff like crazy. I. Goodness gracious. I don't remember the last time I ever listened to a Tyga song. I honestly don't remember. <laughs> I didn't even know he was releasing anything. Do we put him in that list or we throw him down in the occasionally good? I didn't throw him in the occasionally. I didn't even know he was releasing anything still. Legendary. Legendary Deluxe Edition. Kyoto. Bugatti Raw. <laughs> I I did not know Tiger was listening. Was, was making anything. I might throw him up in the good but not great category, but... You never, right now, I'm going to put him in occasionally good category. We got six more people that I want to go through. And then we'll be done. Rich the Kid. Uh, Rich the Kid has some decent stuff. I'm not going to lie. I kind of like the stuff Rich the Kid has. Got that Plug Walk song. Yeah. Plug Walk. Yeah. I, I, that's about all I know from that, from that song. Um, I think I could throw him up in the occasionally good but not consistently good category. That's a fair category for Rich the Kid. Tory Lanes. We had a kid at William Penn. My freshman year, everybody called him Tory Lanes. Everybody called him Tory. I think he's he's doing stuff in rap now. I can't remember his name, but everyone called him either Maryland because that's where he's from, or Tory Lanes. I don't think I ever heard. Maybe I heard maybe two or three times what his actual name was. But we knew him as Maryland and 
Tory Lanes. I think Tory Lanes could go up in the the talented, very talented, nearly. I think he's a very talented person. He made Dak or Dax uh, say sorry to him about a diss track. Tory Lanes, much like French Montana, believes he's one of the best rappers of all time. He can go bar for bar with anybody in a rap battle, as I believe was what he said a few years ago, or maybe it was last year. But he is very talented. He's got a nice singing voice. So I'll throw him there in the very talented category. We got four more people I want to throw up on there. Um, I want to be careful who I say here because I don't want to say anybody and then not know where to throw them. <laughs> uh, Tribute Red, uh, I'll throw him up with the likes of Smoke Perp and all that. Same with uh, Ski Mask, the Slump God. I'll put them put them up there together. Tribute Red's got some good features, but he's gotten better. I will say this: Trippy Red has gotten better. I loved his feature on Wake Up Call with KSI. You know what? I'll throw Trippy Red up and occasionally good. Actually, can I though? Uh, yeah, I'll throw him up and occasionally good. We got two more people that I want to throw on this list, and then we will be done for today. How long we've we been doing this? So we've been almost doing this for an hour. So. I think it's about time that we get done with this tier list soon. Cause I don't want to keep talking about this the entire time we're doing this. I don't want to do this for the entire show. I got a lot of stuff I want to get to in the next hour. So I don't want to keep doing that. So right now we got two more people left on this list. And we got, well, two more people that I'm going to do. There's a lot of people on this list that you could definitely do. And I'm going to start off with for the last two. Amine, I've never really been known, never knew how to really say his name. I'm going to throw up in the the good but not great category. I think he's got some very good stuff. And then for our last one, I'm going to throw up. Actually, you know what? We're going to keep going for a little bit longer. And then I, once I don't know anybody, then I'll go, okay, I'm done. Uh, Ty Dolla Sign, I think he can go in the, the good but not great category. I think Earl Sweatshirt could go in the actually you know i'm gonna move tight all sign down uh earl sweatshirt can go in the good but not great category uh t grizzly again good but not great category he has some good stuff but i'll throw him up in the actually i'll go occasionally good uh for t grizzly i'm trying to go fast here uh actually you know what i think that's all we're gonna do for right now there's people on here that I know, but I don't really want to throw any more on a tier list. This tier list is freaking huge, so I don't, I don't want to keep throwing people on this tier list. We're just gonna end it here. We're gonna end this tier list right here. And well, actually, wait a minute. Yeah, you know what? We're just gonna end it here. Um. So with that being said, I'm gonna take a quick break here for the Logan Blackman show. We got a lot of stuff to talk about in the next hour, so stay tuned for that. And I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. I will see you all in a little bit. All right, everybody. Welcome back to this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. If you were just getting done listening to that latest portion, that was our rap tier list for this Friday fun day. Had a lot of good music coming out this past weekend and or this past week. And we got music coming out pretty much all of 2020 with all of Logan's favorite artists releasing stuff so it's just it's just awesome it is just really 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 super duper cool and awesome that we have all this stuff 
at our disposal in an otherwise disappointing 2020. We have no sports. We've been in lockdown. People are suffering. And it's just not been fun. It's been a really weird time. So when our artists release new music, it helps us, like, I don't know, not completely forget about stuff that's been going on because you don't want to do that because that's not a good idea at all. But it helps us feel better. It helps us relax a little bit. Just put on some headphones, earphones, whatever, AirPods, whatever you want to do. Just throw those in and just sit back and relax and listen to this new music coming out. Again, Flatbush Zombies new stuff coming out on June 5th. So about a week from now. Let me get the exact day. Um, Yeah, exactly a week from now. Uh, next Friday, June 5th, they will have new stuff. Make sure to listen to KSI's new album, Dissimulation, because it is a very good album as well. And Kendrick, Joey, J.I.D., get your stuff out because your boy Logan is dying for new stuff to listen to you, especially from you, Kendrick. Get on that. But yeah, those are wrapped tier list. I, I don't really... Um, I, I think it's a decent tier list. Maybe you don't like it and you had something to say about it. Then go ahead and say it to me. If you say something on Twitter before I get a chance to explain it or you get a chance to listen to the podcast, then that's on you. But yeah, that's all we did for that first hour was just that rap tier list talking about new music. So let's go over some scores going on this week. Let's start off in baseball with the KBO. We have a lot of games to talk about since we haven't been here since last Friday. So Sunday, we had the NC Dinos versus Hanwa. 10-5 win for the Dinos. Lote beat Kiwoom 2 to nothing. Samsung destroyed Tucson 13-0. LG beat KT 9-7. And then SK beat Kia 7-3. Now 13 to nothing smashing by Samsung. 15 hits in the game. Seven runs scored in the eighth inning alone by the 6-12 Samsung Lions. Just not a good game for the Doosan Bears. Lee Young-ha had seven hit, gave up seven hits, six earned runs, six walks, and five strikeouts. Kim Min-ju had five hits, seven earned runs, and one walk, zero strikeouts, and didn't even get registered inning pitched. After you give up like three or four runs and less than an inning pitched, then I would recommend taking him out, not letting him allow seven runs in a game. King Sang-soo... Leadoff hitter for Samsung went two for two with two runs and two walks in the game. Very good day for him. Haju Lee had three RBIs in the game, and Kim Hyung Jong had two RBIs off three hits in the game. 13 to nothing drubbing of the Doosan Bears. Doosan came back on Tuesday, beat SK 6 to 4. Lope beat Samsung 1 to 0. A little disappointing game for Samsung. You have a 13 to nothing win. You're expecting to have a repeat of the same thing, but you only score no, you score nothing. You score nothing. Kia beat KT four to one. LG beat Hanwa three to nothing, and NC beat Kiwoom seven to two. Going on to Wednesday, NC Dinos beat Kiwoom ten to three. LG beat Hanwa fifteen to four. KT beat Kia at five nothing, and Samsung. In two of their last three games, they have scored a grand total of twenty six runs and have allowed two. They have outscored their opponents. Oh, wait, no, I'm... Yeah, yeah, 26. Wait, was that right? Or was it 13? 24-2. to two, My bad. They have outscored their opponents 24-2 in the last two... In the last three games. 
They're trying. They're starting to get hot. Seven and thirteen, one of the worst records in the league, and yet they're exploding on these teams. You have Lee Won Siuk had five RBIs against Lote in this game, and it wasn't like one run, the one inning they just exploded like a lot of the games you see in the KBO. This one they just gradually kept growing and growing and growing their lead. They just kept dominating it. Wante In had six strikeouts and eight innings pitched in this game. Just an overall dominating performance from the Samsung Lions in that game. Yesterday, we had SK taking on Doosan. SK won 6-1 over the Doosan Bears. NC beat Kiwum 9-6. Samsung beat Lote 3-1. KT beat Kia 6-5. And LG, one of the hottest teams in the league, beat Hanwa 3-0. 14-6 are the LG Twins. Right now, the NC Dinos currently sit at 17-3 on the season. Two of the hottest teams in the league. And then we had some action today. Kiwon beating KT 5-1. LG beating Kia 6-2. Doosan beating Lote 4-2. Samsung beating the NC Dinos 5-4. And SK beating Hanwa 8-6. That is NC's fourth loss of the season against the Samsung Lions, who are now at 9-13 on the season. Looking a little bit more improved as the season continues. Got two runs in the ninth inning to win the game over the NC Dinos in that one. NC drops 17 and 4 on the season. LG right behind them at 15 and 6. In the standings, my Deuce on Bears, 13 and 8. Who have been really shaky through a lot of parts of the season, but still have 13 wins. They're the reigning champs. So they got that reigning champion spirit. And they will be continuing. To dominate the game. Or not dominate. Just do decent enough to challenge teams <laughs> so far. Uh, we got some games in action tomorrow. We got the LG Twins taking on Kia. KT beating, K- taking on Kiwoom tomorrow. LG versus Kia will be at midnight tonight. The rest of the games will be at 3 o'clock. Um, we have NC versus Samsung and Lote versus Doosan. And then Sunday, Hanwa versus SK. LG versus Kia. Load versus Doosan, KT versus Kiwoom, and NC Dinos taking on Samsung. All of those games on Sunday will be at midnight. So make sure you set your alarms or just stay up and get ready for those games. Still across the pond, but in the other side, not across the Pacific Pond, now we're across the Atlantic Pond. Over in Germany, we had some Bundesliga action taking place. We had Dirk Klassiker between Borussia Dortmund in Bayern Munich this past Tuesday, I believe it was, or was it Wednesday? It was Tuesday. Bayern Munich won one nothing with an absolute beautiful goal by Joshua Kimmich, one of the best defensive midfielders or right backs, whatever you want to call him. He's one of the best at either ones in the world. Scored a beautiful goal in the game. Erling Holland got hurt in the game, had to leave it early in the 72nd minute. Giovanni reign of the United States international came into the game for Holland but losing Holland is big for Borussia Dortmund and Bayern Munich one of the hottest teams in Europe right now just took advantage of Borussia Dortmund and won one nothing Wolfsburg beat Bayer Leverkusen four to one in this game another dominating performance by Wolfsburg in this game goal for uh, Bayer Leverkusen came from Bumgottlinger and he got two goals from Pong Rajic and Stefan, not Zach, Stefan, the United States player. And Arnold got a goal and two assists. I believe that's Max Arnold. I'm going to have to click on his name just to see if it's right. Yes, it is Max Arnold. Max Arnold got a goal and two assists in the game to win 4-1 to one 
over Bayer Leverkusen. Bayer Leverkusen didn't even get the goal until Bumgottlinger scored in the 85th minute of the game. They were down 4 to nothing in this game. Just a dominating performance from Wolfsburg all around. Continuing on Tuesday, Eintracht Frankfurt and Freiburg tied 3-3, to and Werder Bremen and Borussia Mönchengladbach drew 0-0 in that game. Going on the Wednesday, a lot of draw, a lot of close games in this one. We don't have any blowouts in this game. And this yesterday or Wednesday's action, RB Leipzig beat Hertha Berlin to or tied Hertha Berlin two to two. Hoffenheim beat FC Köln three to one. Fruscia Dusseldorf beat Schalke two to one. Augsburg beat Paderborn nil or jeez, I said that again. Tied Paderborn nil nil in Union Berlin. Drew with Mainz one to one. We had four red cards. In Wednesday's action, one for RB Leipzig, one for Hoffenheim, one for Köln, and one for Union Berlin. Just a not very disciplined day of action in the Bundesliga. For the RB Leipzig versus Hertha Berlin game, Hertha Berlin scored in the first nine minutes of the game. Marco Gruich, uh, Liverpool Loney, I believe that's who it is, got an assist from Marvin Plattenhart uh, to put them up 1-0 in the game. And then Christoph Piatek, the Loney, from AC Milan scored a penalty in the 82nd minute to tie uh, Klosterman for uh, RB Leipzig and Schick scored for those two for Leipzig. But getting a goal early, getting a goal late for Hertha Berlin sees them get the win. Nice little performance there from Hertha Berlin to not give up, got off early and then could have laid off but did not. And Hoffenheim 3 to 1 over FC Köln. In this game, you have Bumgartner scoring two goals for Hoffenheim and Zuber scoring there as well. Kainz didn't score it until the third, the 60th minute in the second half. Bumgartner got the man of the match, two goals and an assist in the game. And Uth missed a penalty with Bauman saving it in the game. So very nice little performance, nice little win there for Hoffenheim. 3-1 to one over Colonel, right now, if we look at the Bundesliga standings as we lie right now, Bayern Munich is up on 64 points on top of the league's 20 wins, 4 draws, and 4 losses. They've won 6 games in a row. Borussia Dortmund sitting 2nd with 57. They were on a nice little win streak before they lost to Bayern Munich this past Tuesday. RB Leipzig sits there at 55 points. They've only lost 3 games, which is a league low, but they've drawn 10, which is a joint league high, tied with Freiburg. Or not with Freiburg, uh, Schalke with 10. That's a lot of draws in a season. Borussia Mönchengladbach sits in the last Champions League spot with 53 points on goal difference above Bayer Leverkusen, who sit also at 53 points. Mönchengladbach has a plus 19 goal difference with Bayer Leverkusen having a plus 17. Both teams have scored the same amount of goals, but Borussia Mönchengladbach has allowed two less goals. It's kind of crazy how close those two teams are. Same amount of wins, same amount of draws. Same amount of losses. Like, nothing's dissimilar about anything they've done except for two goals separating them. Then Wolfsburg sits in sixth in the Europa League knockout position with 42 points. And the, in the, geez, in the relegation zone for the Bundesliga, we got Paderborn sitting last place with 19 points, Werder Bremen with 22, and Frutuna Dusseldorf sits there with 27 points. Paderborn, uh, four wins. On the season. That is not a great number. Uh, Bayern Munich has lost that many times. And they are on top of the league. That's just the difference. 
how dominant Bayern Munich have been this season. Just the overall dominating team this year. Atop of the Bundesliga scoring charge, Robert Lewandowski unsurprisingly leads the league in scoring with 27 goals. Timo Werner scores 24. Jaden Sancho has 14. Kwaison, Sweden, has 12 goals. Hennings, 12. Wangerhorst, 11. Serge Gnabry, 11. Royce, 11. Cordoba, 11. And Anderson, 11. A lot of people have 11 goals in this season. So, yeah, that's what we got right now for the Bundesliga. Leagues, as we've said earlier, are slowly but surely coming back. We have games in action today. We have Freiburg against Breyer Leverkusen. That game will be later today. So make sure you tune in to those games. And we got Bundesliga action coming up this weekend. Wolfsburg is taking on Eintracht Frankfurt. Hertha Berlin is taking on Augsburg. Mainz is taking on Hoffenheim. Schalke is taking on Werder Bremen. And Bayern Munich is taking on Fortuna Dusseldorf. That is on Saturday. Moving over to Sunday, we got a good set of games here. Borussia Mönchengladbach versus Union Berlin. And Borussia Dortmund versus Paderborn. So some fun games taking place this weekend. And then I'm going on the Monday. RB Leipzig will be traveling to FC Köln. So we got some fun games coming up in the Bundesliga. So make sure you tune into all of those games coming up this weekend. And I hope your favorite team does very, very well. And as we said uh, at the start of the show, we have again leagues coming back all across the world. And it's getting exciting. The La Liga is coming back on the 11th of June. We have the Premier League coming back on the 17th. And Serie A coming back on the 20th. Exciting times. Exciting times. What also makes people excited is the fact that college football is almost here. 99 days away is college football. Great. Love college football. High expectations for a lot of teams this year. And a lot of weird situations we got going on here. LSU had one of the greatest seasons in NFL history, or NCAA history. Dominating season. 14 players. Every player that went to the NFL draft got drafted or got signed, at least in free agency. They, LSU had the greatest season in college football history. In my opinion, Joe Burrow had the greatest season quarterback has ever had, and I expect that... It's going to be weird seeing what LSU does this year. They've still got very talented players. Stingley is back. Jamar Chase is back. You got the best corner and the best wide receiver in all of college football. But the rest of their team right now, it's it's a mystery. It just is. That's how... That's just what it is. I mean, no, nothing bad against it. Because you can still have a very talented team. You just won a national championship. It's not like you guys are lacking talent. But to replace the guys that you lost is going to be kind of hard. Will they be able to go 15-0 again this year? I don't know. Their schedule's not as difficult as it was last year. Last year, they had a very difficult schedule. Playing Texas again in the non-conference. You're at Florida. Play Alabama at home. You play at Auburn. Not extremely tough games here. Ole Miss got a new head coach. We'll see how Lane Kiffin does in his first year. Arkansas sucks. Mississippi State. You got Mike Leach coming in from Washington State. See how he does there. South Carolina. Don't know how they're going to be in Texas A&M. Don't know how they're going to be. So we'll see how they do with their new team. See how they surround Miles Brennan with the tools to succeed in his first year as the full-time starter for LSU. Six foot four, 207 pounds. He's expected to come in and take the starting job for LSU. 
Fully expect that to happen. You got Jamar Chase to throw it to. So you're not lacking. Jamar Chase is going to be challenged a lot this season. You're going to get a lot of pressure on him as the nation's top wide receiver. He was the nation's top wide receiver last year. And going into this one, you expect him to be the same thing. Derek Stingley was the best corner in college football last year. One of the best corners. I'm not going to say the best, but one of the best. As a freshman, he's expected to be one of the best again. So LSU, yes, they lost a lot of people, but the expectations are still going to be pretty, pretty high. You got a lot of teams in the SEC with new quarterbacks. Georgia's going with Jamie Newman. You got Florida with Kyle Trask. Arkansas got Felipe Franks. Technically, Kyle Trask was the starter last year, but whatever. Alabama got a new quarterback coming in, whether it's Mac Jones or Bryce Young. I would think it's Bryce Young, but Mac Jones didn't do anything to really lose the job. He didn't really do anything to say I should be the full-time starter, though, to couple along with that. So we got some new situations. KJ Costello's coming over from Stanford from Mississippi State to be their starting quarterback. Well, Joe Burrow's gone. So you got some interesting stories going on in the SEC as far as quarterbacks. But the one that intrigues me the most is the Georgia quarterback situation. With Jamie Newman, one of the top quarterbacks coming into this year's draft class. Um, he's a big dude. His Instagram, he's got he's freaking huge, Jamie Newman. And he was a good quarterback at Wake Forest. Didn't do anything spectacular, but did decent stuff with a less talented team. Now he's coming into Georgia, one of the more talented teams in it, in college football, one of the best defenses in the country. Their offense has been a little shaky at times. Jamie Newman is hoping to come in and change that. And they also got news of another quarterback coming in. JT Daniels, former five-star recruit. Was at USC, didn't do anything special at USC, got hurt, lost his starting job to Keaton Slovis, which is 100% fair because Keaton Slovis is a lot better than JT Daniels. And it's kind of crazy to think about this. So JT Daniels, five-star recruit from Matter Day, goes to USC, wins the starting job as a true freshman. USC goes 5-7. and seven. He throws 14 touchdowns, 10 picks in 11 games. Didn't do anything overexciting. Didn't do anything to excite the fans of USC or excite the fans around the country that this guy, the the 2017 National Player of the Year in high school, who threw 67 touchdowns, had an insane number of touchdowns in high school at Matter Day, comes in to the Los Angeles school from Los Angeles and basically underperforms. And once he gets hurt, they put Keen Slovis in, who throws 30 touchdowns and nine picks. In the same amount of starts that Keaton's, that JT Daniels had in his first year starting. While also throwing 3,500 yards. While also completing over 71% of his passes. So, yeah. JT Daniels, will he be able to revive his career at Georgia? We'll have to see. He's not going to start this year. I think he can learn a lot from Jamie Newman at Georgia. And it's kind of crazy to think about this. JT Daniels, five-star recruit from U- from Matter Day. Commenced USC. Starts. Loses his job transfers Bryce Young who a lot of people compared to Kyler Murray was a five-star recruit from Matter Day that committed to USC but then decommitted and tra- went to Alabama Keaton Slovis has kept two five-star quarterback recruits from USC that is how good Keaton Slovis is USC had two five-star quarterbacks in their hands and Keaton Slovis kept them both out because he's that good. Keaton Slovis is a very, very good quarterback. And it's even crazier to think about 
that both the five-star quarterbacks that they had were from Matter Day, like the school for USC quarterbacks. And they're just gone. Like they're now in the SEC. I think Bryce Young is a very good chance to start for Alabama this upcoming season. Two attack of his younger brother transferred to Maryland. Bryce Young and Mac Jones are going to be competing like crazy for the starting job. Mac Jones just doesn't excite me as a, a quarterback. He didn't play bad, to say the least. He didn't play good either. In Alabama, yes, they lost Tua. Yes, they lost Judy. Yes, they lost Henry Ruggs. But they're returning a lot of very talented people. Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, Najee Harris, Alex Leatherwood, uh, Dylan Moses, Patrick Sertan are all back. Alabama, regardless of who their quarterback is, should realistically be challenging for the national championship this year. I think Bryce Young gives them a better chance to do that because he's a much better playmaker than Mac Jones. It's not saying anything bad about Mac Jones. He's just limited. If you go from Tua Tagovailoa, one of the most exciting quarterbacks in college football, one of the best quarterbacks in college football, probably the best quarterback stats-wise in Alabama football history, to Mac Jones who doesn't do anything special, who's just kind of there. I would go with Bryce Young. Now, this could come back to bite me. Mac Jones could have a Heisman candidacy, Heisman-worthy year this year. That This could come back to bite me, but I'm going out on a limb and saying Bryce Young is the better quarterback. And Alabama, going into the season, again, they've lost people. They're going to be coming in. Expectations still pretty high. They're going into the first game playing against USC. USC is going to be a much better team. They're returning a lot of people at USC. Keenan Slovis in his first full year as the guaranteed starter. He was the backup going in last year. Came in, beat out JT Daniels once he got hurt, and now it's his team. See how they do against Alabama. Keenan Slovis will test the likes of Patrick Sertan and the rest of Alabama's defense. So that'll be a fun game. If this does happen, now the 99 days till college football is just what we're hoping. We don't necessarily 100% know what's going to happen. It's just hope. And I'm excited if college football does come back. So I mean, there's a lot of good stories coming out in college football. But who will be Alabama's starting quarterback? Will it be Mac Jones? Will it be Bryce Young? Or will some other random person pop its head out? But Alabama, their schedule is not the hardest schedule in the world. It's not like a world-beating schedule. You got USC... Then you play Georgia in week three. Once, If you lose to Georgia, which I don't think will happen, you've got enough time to replenish your schedule by playing Kent State, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Tennessee to get ready for LSU. Like, Tennessee is expected to be better than what they were last year. Same with Mississippi State. Well, I, actually, I don't really know how Mississippi State's going to do. I like KJ Costello. I love Mike Leach. We'll see how they do in their first full years together. Ole Miss and Arkansas are not expected to do anything this year. But LSU, that's your first test. Post-Georgia in week three, you got one, two, three, four, five. Do they have a bye week in there? I think six weeks until you play LSU after playing Georgia. So you got a lot of time to regain your confidence if somehow you lose to Georgia at home, which I don't see happening. Or if is that somewhere else? doesn't say where it's at. no it is at brian denny stadium it could some part of me was like it could be in the george dome or something but that's probably where the usc game is isn't it oh at&t stadium is where the usc alabama game will be 
it'll be fun. I'm very excited. I'm excited to see all these different stories. You got Alabama, new players, LSU, completely new team, essentially. Will Brennan be able to properly take this torch from Joe Burrow going into the season? Only time will tell. But JT Daniels, back to what we were originally talking about, JT Daniels transferring to Georgia. Georgia's just a hotbed for top quarterbacks. And they always underachieve. <laughs> they just do. Like, Jake Fromm had a very good freshman year and then slowly started to decline. Their offense just completely went to nothing. They had a very limited offense, ran a lot by through DeAndre Swift. Running backs and good quarterbacks is what, what Georgia has. They get a top recruit, and then instantly they're like, okay, this guy should beat him out. Look at Jacob Eason. He starts his first year. Jake Fromm comes in. Eason gets hurt. Fromm takes his job. Eason transfers to Washington. Next year, J- Justin Fields, the number one or two quarterback in the class. I can't remember. It was him or him and Ju- Trevor Lawrence were one and two. Can't remember which one was one and who was two. He tr- he commits to Georgia. But Jake Fromm just came off a national championship appearance. So, JT, so Justin Fields... Though way more superior, talented than Jake Fromm, shouldn't and won't beat him out because he just went to a national championship game. He didn't lose any, do anything to lose his job. He just went to a friggin' national championship game. So Justin Fields transfers to Ohio State, dominates, now is one of the top quarterback prospects in the class. Jake Fromm struggles in his last year, and it makes Georgia fans think, oh, what if we had Justin Fields on this team? Then you got the likes of Jamie Newman transferring in after Jake Fromm goes to the draft. Which kind of surprised me, but I don't know. I didn't really think Jake Fromm should have gone pro at this early. I think he should have stayed one more year, but that's just me. So Jamie Newman comes in, expected to be a starter, top quarterback in one of the ne- in next year's class. JT Daniels, former five-star recruit, one of the best players in high school football, transfers to Georgia. And then... Behind JT Daniels, so JT Daniels will come in and will be the backup to Jamie Newman. So then you got Jamie Newman coming in starting this year, then 2021 JT Daniels, 2022 JT Daniels, and then 2023 you have a five-star named Brock Vandergriff who's coming in, who will be learning from Newman, will be learning from JT Daniels. And if he transfers, Georgia has two former four-star recruits at QB as well. Georgia is just crapping out quarterbacks like crazy. Goodness gracious. I didn't see Jamie JT Daniels transferring to Georgia. I it kind of blew me away that he did transfer to Georgia. But it's really funny that once USC lost to the to Iowa in the Holiday Bowl, then that was like, oh, what's JT Daniels gonna do? Because Keaton Slovis is not losing his job. JT Daniels' dad comes out and says, he's not transferring. He has a USC logo tattooed on him. He ain't transferring anywhere. Like, two weeks later, JT Daniels has entered the transfer portal. Like, why? (laughs) It's just funny to me. I just thought that was very funny. And now he's at Georgia. I wish him nothing but success at Georgia. I got a few friends at William Penn that are Georgia Bulldogs fans. So I hope for their sake that JT Daniels is the quarterback they, he, everybody thought he was in high school. But yeah, so we'll see how they do with Georgia. But the FCS and the FBS, well, a lot of people are paying attention to the FBS, and rightfully so. It's the higher level of competition. But the FCS has got some talented teams as well and talented players. Trey Lance is one of my favorite quarterbacks in next year's class. 
I think he's an absolute baller. Did throw, he didn't turn it over last year. For a national championship winning side in the best conference in the FCS, you can say it's FCS. He's still playing in the toughest conference, still playing against the best teams. James Madison had one of the best defenses in college football last year, and North Dakota State was just like, nah, we're dominating this game. 2,800 yards passing, 1,200 yards rushing, 28 passing touchdowns, zero picks. Trey Lance is a baller, but he will be tested this year, a lot more than last year, you guess you could say. First game of the year, North Dakota State is playing Oregon. That's not an easy task for both Oregon and North Dakota State. Oregon might be looking at it going, oh, it's an FCS team, we can go past them. They're returning quite a bit of people. Yes, they lost Justin Herbert, but Penny Sewell is coming back as a guard or ta- no, tackle, one of the best tackles in this next year's draft. If it wasn't Trevor, if not for Trevor Lawrence, he'd probably be the number one pick in the draft. Got a very talented running back as well. You got a very talented team there at Oregon. Who just is coming off an 11 and two season and an or- a Rose Bowl victory over Wisconsin. So North Coast State coming off an undefeated season, granted FCS, but still undefeated nonetheless. And a national championship. That game will be fun to watch. I will be tuning in to that one. But another team in the FCS, because obviously North Coast State gets talked about all the time, and rightfully so. They're very talented. They've won eight national championships, I think, in the last nine years. So they've they're talented. They deserve to get talked about. But you and I, I think, is more talent is more talented what what North Coast State will probably give them credit for. You and I, according to the Hero Sport FCS, ranked the UNI's third in its preseason poll. The UNI Panthers will play North Dakota State in its first conference home game of the season. Weber State, North Dakota State, both will be coming to Unidome. Two teams you and I had a realistic shot of beating until late in the game. You and I was very close to North Dakota State up at the Fargo Dome. And then North Coast State absolutely blew them out the quarter at the second half because North Coast State tires teams down with their power running offense, which is hard to beat. It makes it it's hard for a defense. So you and I just got tired. And going into this year, it's gonna be a fun game. Hopefully, you and I plays Iowa first game of the year. That'll be tough. Be a very tough game. Iowa not don't really know what the expectations are for the Hawkeyes this year. Got a new quarterback coming in, Spencer Petras, but got people coming back like Brandon Smith, Amir Smith-Marset, Tyler Goodson. You've got some great players coming back. You and I could challenge Iowa this year. And that'll be a fun, fun, fun game to watch starting the season up at Kinnick Stadium. But you and I versus North Coast State is going to be fun. You and I, one of the better teams in the FCS, is going to be an awesome team to watch this year. I recommend going to as many you and I games as you possibly can. Because friend of the show, we could say that now because we've interviewed him, Will McIlvain quoted the street and said, we got bigger plans. The number three. You and I is returning pretty much all of their starters from a very talented team this season before that went undefeated at home last year. You and I has got a lot of talent. They had a lot of injuries last year. A lot of injuries. And they still managed to finish second in the conference. With that many, with how many injuries they had, they finished second in the conference. Trevor Allen was hurt the entire season. Tyler Hoosman was hurt for a lot of the season. Dion McShane was out for a very long time. Isaiah Weston, the best wide receiver in the FCS, was hurt. So you're and um, oh crap, 
Briley Moore, I can't remember, I couldn't remember his name, got hurt against Iowa State, was out the entire season. Now he's transferring to, I believe, Kansas State. So, you and I, with the injuries they had, still battled the second in the conference. And went to the quarterfinals of the FCS playoffs. Losing to James Madison, struggled, but they didn't have their offense. They were still coming back from injuries and stuff like that. You and I, for the amount of injuries they had, performed very, very well. Very gutsy team. Very Mark Farley-esque team. Omar Brown, one of the best corners, maybe the best corner in the FCS. Much like Derek Stingley, a young corner from the season before, is now considered probably one of the best corners in the FCS. Xavier Williams, coming back as well. Safety, dominant safety for you and I. You and I's got a lot of people coming back. And it's exciting to see what they're going to do this year. I'm very excited to watch you and I, what they do this year. I'm excited for Will. He's going back to number two. Number he wore throughout high school. Which saw him put up godly numbers at Lincoln. You and I, watch out for the Panthers. I am, oh man, that you and I versus North Coast State game is going to be awesome. The Unidome better be rocking on that game, on that game if we have that game. If we are ready to have college football at that time. If fans are allowed back, that's the game you should go to. If you wanted to choose a UNI game to go to, that's the one. North Coast State's at UNI's number for the past couple seasons. Blown them out in the second half. They've been close up until the second half. Like, UNI keeps it very close, but then North Coast State just tires them out. And Trey Lance, jeez, one of the more talented quarterbacks I've seen UNI play in a while. Very talented. Very, very talented. And he's going to push UNI again this year. It's going to be fun. I am very excited. Very excited. So with that being said, let's go on. We go, You go from college football, you move up to the NFL, obviously. That's just how it works. And with the NFL, we're sticking with the topic of quarterbacks, because that's what we do here on the Logan Blackman Show. We've got five quarterbacks here that could use a change of scenery. There's a lot of good quarterbacks in the NFL, obviously, because you made the NFL. And these quarterbacks, I think, just need a change of scenery to get the best out of them or just get out of a bad situation. We're going to start at five, moving up to number one. Number five is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have been a weird mix ever since he got drafted. They've never really gone out and out of their way and defended him when he's done something or people are questioning him, questioning his, um, his mentality, the way he leads the team somewhat his maturity how people like him they never come out and defend him and then this year they traded up to draft his replacement I don't think Rodgers really likes that I don't blame him I wouldn't like that either it's different from when the Packers drafted Rodgers replaced Brett Favre they didn't trade up to get him they were like he's the best player on the board let's take him and at the time Favre was contemplating retirement left right and center it was like every year is this Favre's last game at Lambeau you never knew so the Packers are like, we're doing this. Rodgers has no, showed no signs of wanting to retire. The Packers just went to the NFC Championship game and lost to the 49ers. So what the Packers do? Drafted Rodgers' replacement, got a third-string running back, and drafted no wide receivers to help him out. As you look around the teams the NFC, they're getting better. The 49ers, a team you lost to twice, got better than what they did before, than they were, they were the season before. They are a better team. The Packers? I don't know. 
They went 13 and 3 last year and barely won some games. They really weren't that good for a 13 and 3 team. You can look at the record and go, "Wow, that's a good record." But as you analyze it, go, "Wow, they really struggled against some teams." I think Rodgers would have liked somebody some help, especially when Devontae Adams was out for that little bit last year. If I'm Rodgers, the Packers right now, if I'm Rodgers, I'm like I'm done after this year cuz the Packers and Matt LaFleur believe that Jordan loves the next Patrick Mahomes. So, with that being said, they're going to go with the one-year type thing. Is what it looks like right now. The one-year, done. Now, if we fear, if what happens, to what, if, I, if what I think happens, happens, I'm going to cry. Aaron Rodgers going to the New England Patriots. I'm not ready for that. I've also heard him going to the, the likes of the Las Vegas Raiders. I can see that. I think Rodgers just needs to get out of there and change his scenery a little bit. So I don't think he's going to win another Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers. With the way they're building the team right now, because they're going to replace, they've got Jordan Love. I think Aaron Rodgers has handled this pretty well with them drafting Love. I wouldn't be happy with it. Because if you look at like the Eagles drafting Jalen Hurts, the Eagles told Carson once they were going to draft him. Rodgers was blindsided. So I'm guessing Rodgers, though he's put on a nice face for it, I don't think he really likes it. I think he's gone after this year. Next one, Derek Carr. Just constantly getting talked about how the Raiders are going to replace you has to be annoying. It has to be annoying. If I'm Derek Carr, I'm ready to get out of Las Vegas. Get out of Oakland, get out of wherever, and just go to another team. Get a change of scenery. Derek Carr is not a great quarterback, but he's a good enough quarterback to where it shouldn't be talked about every single offseason that the Raiders are trying to replace him. He's not a Blake Bortles. He's a better. He's better than that. He doesn't get talked about like, oh man, the Raiders should think about replacing him. I think he's limited, but I think he's good enough to where it shouldn't be every single offseason they're thinking about replacing this guy. And if I'm him, with the talks in the media, with the opinion on Gruden doesn't like Derek Carr, I would want to leave. It must it just gotta be exhausting to be Derek Carr right now in his time with the Raiders. It's not fun. Uh number three, Deshaun Watson. You you can when we look at Deshaun Watson, we compare him to the likes of Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and those guys. He's a top five quarterback in the NFL. I think that's obvious. I think everybody knows Deshaun Watson's a top five quarterback in the league. You don't look at the likes of Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and seeing the Ravens or Chiefs trading away their number one asset, like the Chiefs trading away Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. You wouldn't see the Baltimore Ravens trading away Mark Ingram or Mark Andrews, or Hollywood Brown. You wouldn't see them trading away any of those guys. You'd keep them because that's what your star quarterback wants and needs for success. But the Texans traded away DeAndre Hopkins, who in his own right is one of the best, if not the best receiver in the NFL. If you look at the quarterbacks he's had compared to some of the other best receivers in the NFL, like a Julio Jones or a Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins put up some crap quarterbacks throughout his career in Houston. The new age um, Andre Johnson. I feel bad for Deshaun because you wouldn't see you shouldn't trade away your uh, your quarterback's best wide receiver and number one option, especially when you get nothing in return for it. David Johnson, you and I legend. He's had one good year in the league. He's been hurt every other year. You traded DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals for David Johnson who you don't even know is going to be healthy. 
and you signed Brandon Cooks or traded for Brandon Cooks when he's contemplated retirement because of concussions. You have Will Fuller there, who's injury-prone machine. What is your plan? You got Laramie Tunsil this huge contract now. So you got an offensive lineman. Good job. Good job. You got an offensive lineman for Deshaun Watson. You got rid of his number one weapon with a running back that's going to get hurt all the time. And Brandon Cooks, who's contemplated retirement because of his injuries. Deshaun, I would get out of there. I, Whenever your contract's up, I'd get out of there. Because they're not going to win any times. J.J. Watt said the exact same thing. J.J. Watt's not signing an extension to Houston. I wouldn't either. As long as Bill O'Brien's there, they're not going to win anything. You would imagine. But, I don't know. I'd get out of there if I was Deshaun. Number two, Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, you might you could flip Deion, Deshaun Watson and Mitchell Trubisky if you wanted to. But Trubisky is on a team with a coach that doesn't believe in him, which is what you need as a quarterback is at least somebody to show they believe in you. And if your own head coach doesn't, then you got some problems. I think Nick Foles could push Trubisky this year and make him play better than what he is. But I think that he needs a change of scenery. I think it'd be very beneficial for him. Uh, if not, he'll probably just turn into another Blake Bortles and just go into a backup role somewhere. But I think he could still be a decent quarterback. He, The Bears, all he has to do is play decent, and the Bears will go to the playoffs because that's how good their defense is. If he doesn't mess up a ton, they should be fine. But I think if he gets out of Chicago, I think he could blossom if he gets under a coach that actually believes in him more than what the Chicago Bears do right now. Maybe you trade Mitchell Trubisky for Deshaun Watson. Because <laughs> Bill O'Brien just might do it. If you throw a fifth-round pick in there, Bill O'Brien might take it. And number one is Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen's probably the least likable quarterback in the NFL. And he did that to himself. Going into the draft of 2018, a lot of people didn't like his attitude. And he was very cocky for, I don't know, no reason really. A lot of concussions, had a lot of injury issues coming out of college. He got drafted 10th. After he got drafted by the Cardinals, he said there were nine mistakes drafted above me. Yeah, that's not great. And then you proceed to get traded after your first year in the league, which I'm not going to say that's Rosen's fault. You, the Cardinals hired a head coach that had his eyes set on a guy that he tried to recruit out of high school and literally said in October that if he was an NFL coach, he'd take Kyler Murray with the number one overall pick. I'm going to blame that on Rosen. Rosen has been a part of the two worst teams in the NFL, two of the worst teams in the NFL, and the two worst off-the-line units in the league the past two seasons, the Miami Dolphins and the Arizona Cardinals. I think he could get out, but do do I think he'll get a chance somewhere? I don't know. I really don't know. Does he deserve one? Not after what he said at the draft. I would not. I, you feel bad for him, but not at the, you feel bad and not bad at the same time. Because like, you did this to yourself. Your attitude is what got you drafted 10th instead of a top 5 pick, which is what your talent was. You have a terrible attitude, and none of these teams are going to give you a chance. But, man, he's been... It, man, this is called karma. <laughs> man, he's struggled to find a place, and, man, he's not going to start for Miami anytime soon because they just drafted 2 with the 5th pick. Rosen, I don't know where he'll go. I think he can go to New England and do something decent there. But 
I don't know what other plays would give him an opportunity. And I feel somewhat bad for him and somewhat not bad for him because he looked like a total dickhead when he got drafted. He did. He got, looked like a dickhead when he got drafted. He looked like a dickhead before he got drafted. And now when he got traded from Arizona, he tried to t- or when Kyler Murray got drafted, he tried to take the humble approach. Like, it's too late. It's too late. You're trying to save your career, but it's too late. If Rosen gets a chance to go somewhere else, I think he could actually be a good quarterback. But he did this to himself. I don't know. That's just all I could say. It's all I could say. I don't know where he'd go. I think the Patriots could be an option. I think the Steelers could be an option. Um, yeah, that's just going to be hard for him now. I don't, maybe Seattle, if they do, whenever they, if they, if the rumors are true that they're trading Russell Wilson, maybe Seattle is an opportunity for him. Maybe the 49ers, maybe the Chargers, if they don't like Justin Herbert, which the history of Oregon quarterbacks getting drafted, uh, hasn't been great for the Oregon Ducks quarterbacks. The best one has been Marcus Mariota. Now he's a backup to the Las Vegas Raiders and Derek Carr. Joey Harrington, Akili Smith, Kellen, Kellen Clemens, Dennis Dixon. Like, there's so many quarterbacks that Oregon that have been drafted. They just don't turn out in the NFL. Over the Chargers' sake, that Justin Herbert is a quarterback that turns out. Because I think he's more talented with, like, his arm ta- His arm talent is better than all the other quarterbacks that they got drafted for him. He's nowhere as mobile as Mariota, but he is mobile. He's got size. He's got arm strength. But time will tell. Oregon quarterbacks are always a mystery. So we'll have to see what happens there. But those are my top five quarterbacks I think will need a change of scenery or think need a change of scenery for their careers to continue. Rosen, Mitch Trubisky, Deshaun Watson, Derek Carr, and Aaron Rodgers. I almost threw Russell Wilson in there because with all the rumors of the Seahawks wanting to trade Wilson, if those rumors are anywhere true, then Seahawks aren't the smartest team in the world, are they? Trading away Russell Wilson. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. So with that being said, let's go into like Rosen. What we were talking about with Rosen, one of the dumbest things ever said after getting drafted. Nine mistakes drafted above me before he played a snap in the NFL. Nine mistakes drafted above me. So that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard after a draft. And I don't think I've ever seen as many people dislike someone that fast as that happened. <laughs> There's a lot of people that don't feel sorry for Rosen, and I'm on the fence. I just think he's good enough to get another chance in the NFL if his attitude is right. But with the dumbest thing that he said, let's that just nice little segue into the top five dumbest things the New York Jets have ever done. And good lordy, there's a lot of them. We didn't do this last Friday because I forgot about it until an hour about before the show, which is too late. And we did the Cleveland Browns first. Now we're doing the New York Jets, the New Jersey Jets. So let's start off at number five. This one's a little controversial because you could look at this in multiple ways. But Bill Belichick resigning on a napkin. So the New York Jets had Bill Parcells as the head coach. Bill Parcells and um, Robert Kraft's relationship in New England was kind of sour. So when the rumor started that the Patriots wanted Bill Belichick, Parcells retired and had something set up with the Jets organization that Bill Belichick would replace him as the head coach of the New York Jets. So with the rumor of the Patriots snooping around Bill Belichick, Parcells retired, so Bill Belichick just assumed the role as the head coach. About 30 minutes into his reign as the head coach of the Jets, he turns in a napkin and resigns. But the Jets are calling tampering and all this stuff. 
And the league commissioner's like, yeah, I agree. Patriots got to do something. So the Patriots gave up a, a 16th overall pick in 2020, which turned out to be Sean Ellis for the New York Jets, who turned out to be a pro bowler, played 10 seasons for the Jets, and then ironically played his last season with the New England Patriots under Bill Belichick. Jets sent Bill, a 2001 fifth rounder, and a 2002 seventh rounder to the New England Patriots. So you could look at this like, this is a bad decision by the Jets, but he resigned and they were just getting compensation for him. He was not going to be the coach of the Jets. But you can look at it and go, they traded away the greatest coach of all time. And then again, you can look at it, they didn't really have a choice. They kind of had to because he wasn't going to play, he wasn't going to coach them. Which is sad for the Jets fans, kind of. You have him in your grasps. You have Bill Belichick. And you let him go. Granted, his record up to that point was not anything spectacular. Coaching for the Cleveland Browns, it wasn't anything great. But the coaching staff that he had in Cleveland, they could have turned something around. Nick Saban was on that staff. Uh, Jim Schwartz, Kirk Ferentz. Uh, there's even there's more coaches on that list, but I just can't think of them. Just an insane coaching tree there. He wasn't going to be the coach of the Jets. And I don't know if you blame the Jets for that. Or you don't blame the Jets for that because, hey, he said he was gone. He didn't want to come back. So you could say, well, it's on either one of them. Uh, number four, drafting Kyle Brady over Warren Sapp. Uh, this ties in very nicely to number three, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But Kyle Brady, for those of you who don't know, was a tight end from, crap, I think Penn State. Doesn't sound right, though. Oh, he did. He was at Penn State, yeah. So he played tight end at Penn State, got drafted ninth overall by the New York Jets in 1995. Bill Belichick wanted Kyle Brady on the New York, on the Cleveland Browns. This is a guy they really wanted. So the Cleveland Browns traded back and didn't get him. Didn't get their guy because the Jets took him. Did the Jets need him at the time? No. And if you look at the draft stuff going from that day, it is hilarious. Go look him up. New York Jets 1995 draft. It is awesome with the videos of the fans. Jets fans were not happy. We're going to play with six tight ends and Boomer can't throw over five yards anyway, so what's it matter? If I could trade a head coach, I'd trade him right now. So we'll talk about that coach in a little bit. Kyle Brady, tight end, didn't turn out to do anything in the NFL, didn't do anything spectacular. Um, 3,000 yards receiving in his NFL career. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, he played for the jets for three seasons. That's it. He didn't do anything. It's just, it's stupid. It was one of the dumbest draft picks of all time. It makes it worse that hall of famer Warren Sapp was the guy that everybody expected the draft, the jets to take as Jets fans were chanting, we want Sap. We want Sap. Joe Theismann went out and said, it just doesn't seem to make any sense drafting um, Kyle Brady, who wanted to play, who their head coach at the time, again, we'll talk about the three. A lot of speculation on who the number three guy is. Um, wanted to play with multiple tight ends on the field at all times. The Jets fans still, to this day, to this day, as Deontay Wilder would say, 
Still don't forgive the Jets for doing that. You have a Hall of Famer right there who is falling in the draft due to some speculations about his, uh, some off-the-field issues that Warren Sapp has completely denied, which everybody would, but you let him, you pass on him to draft Kyle Brady, a tight end, who you didn't need a tight end. You didn't need one. You didn't need one at all. You pass on Warren Sapp. So the Buccaneers had arguably the greatest first round in first rounds in NFL history. You got Warren Sapp at pick 12 and then Derek Brooks at pick 28. That might be the greatest first round of all time. Next to the the Baltimore Ravens getting uh, Jonathan Ogden and Ray, Ray Lewis, next to that, I think those are the two best first rounds in NFL history. And it's all because the Jets didn't take Warren Sapp and took a tight end named Kyle Brady. Which doesn't make sense now, didn't make sense then, still don't make sense now. And it set the Jets back a lot while the Buccaneers won a Super Bowl based off of the defense of Warren Sapp. Or one of the main reasons they won a Super Bowl is because of Warren Sapp. The Jets had the lost decade, as I've called it, in the 1990s. And you know who drafted Kyle Brady? This is number three on the list. Hiring and keeping Rich Kotite. The original Freddie Kitchens. Now, Rich Kotite, he did have some coaching credentials before he took on the New York Jets job. He was the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles from 91 to 94. Went to the playoffs one time in those three in those four years. Had a record of 36 and 28. So, hey, he, he had decent success in Philadelphia. He comes to the Jets in 1995. His first order of business is drafting Kyle Brady over Warren Sapp. Great move. Great, great move by the New York Jets in that one in Rich Kotite. So Rich Kotite is out of the job in Philly. He's out of football for a year and then comes back. So Pete Carroll lost his job for the New York Jets, coached one year with the Jets. Rich Kotite comes in after losing his job with the Eagles. He's from New Jersey or New York, from Brooklyn. So it's his, it's his hometown team. He was drafted by the Jets in the AFL draft, 1965. So, there's a lot of expectations. The hometown kid is coming back. The Jets finished three and thirteen, and the fewest wins had the fewest wins of any Jets team since 1997. Wow. Now six and ten is a bad record. That's a bad record. And going up. And going down to 3-13 and 13 is not great following that season. In his first draft, the New York Jets drafted what? So here's his first draft as the head coach. First round Kyle Brady, last three years of the Jets. Hugh Douglas, first round pick as well. So you had a chance to draft Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks, but he didn't. And it doesn't make it any better that Hugh Douglas is a defensive end. You were looking at a defensive lineman, so why didn't you take Warren Sapp? But you, never, never mind. Hugh Douglas lasted two seasons with the New York Jets. So, you know, you you're lasted five seasons between your first two draft picks. Then you draft Matt O'Dwyer, who lasted three seasons with the New York Jets. Then you draft, in the fourth round, Melvin Hayes, Tyrone Davis, and in the fifth round, Carl Greenwood, those three don't even have Wikipedia pages. 
Curtis Caesar, you got in the seventh round, doesn't have a Wikipedia as well. Wikipedia page as well. And then Troy Sienkiewicz didn't even play a snap for the New York Jets. So in your first three draft picks, out of the, your first draft, you had three players that actually played for the team, and they all played a grand total of eight seasons for your team. So there's your first sign of, wow, that is a terrible draft. That might be the worst draft of all time. <laughs> Just not great. Not great at all. 3-13, and 13, New York Jets go in that first year. One of the worst drafts ever. Coupled with the fact that you drafted Kyle Brady over Warren Sapp. So you had the, one of the worst teams and the worst drafts of all time. Let's move on to 96. We're moving on to 1996. Boomer sign. Esiason. God. So what do the Jets do? We got to go out and get a quarterback. We got this awesome tight end named Kyle Brady we just drafted. And we went out in this draft and got Keyshawn Johnson number one overall. I mean, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to tell you not to draft wide receivers first overall, but the Jets did that. And he had he had some success while playing for the Jets. Didn't have a 1,000-yard season until his third year in the league. And then wound up playing for Tampa and having more success with Tampa. Winning a Super Bowl with Tampa. Hey, I'm not going to tell you not to draft wide receivers number one overall. It's shown great success throughout the history of the NFL. Same with running backs. Great history of drafting those guys number one overall. So you have Keyshawn Johnson, and then you go out and draft another wide receiver in the second round, Alex Van Dyke, who played a grand total of two years with the Jets and a grand total of four years in the league. Okay, not great. You got Ray Mickens in the third round, who played a decent amount of games for the New York Jets at corner. Played from 96 to 2004 for the New York Jets. He even came back in 2006. Didn't do a lot, though. But third, decent third-round pick. Marcus Coleman, you got him in the fifth round. Played five seasons for the Jets. So look at we're we're getting better with drafts. And then Chris Hayes, we got him who didn't play in his first season with the Jets. Played with the Packers and then went to the Jets and then played for four seasons. So we have better success there with how long these guys are actually playing for this team. But the thing that caps it off, you went one in fifteen this season. So Rich Kotite goes three and thirteen his first season. Next year, he goes 1-15. He is allowed to coach two straight seasons of Jets football, winning a grand total of four games. He played. He coached the entire season, both times. It's like Hugh Jackson. He's, he's more of a Hugh Jackson than uh, Freddie Kitchens. He's as, in, he's as um, out of his depth as Freddie Kitchens, but he's like a Hugh Jackson in that he kept a job way longer than what he should have. At 1-15, you should uh, just cancel the season. If you don't get a win until week 8, you should probably fire the guy if you won three games a season before. And then you go into the – look at the season that they had. The one win they had was a team that everybody beat at this time, the Arizona Cardinals. So that's not very impressive. They had, But the, this was the impressive part. They played in front of 28,000 fans. This is an NFL game. Their second and last home game of the season against Philadelphia Eagles – had a grand total of 29,000. Week 14 against the Oilers, 21,000 at Giant Stadium. 21,000 people at Giant Stadium at the Meadowlands. That stadium held 80,000. And at the time, in the 90s, did it? does it have the capacity totals? No, it does not. It just held the 80. It held 80,000. 21,000. That's the same amount of seats 
I think the New York Guardians sold in the XFL. 21,000 seats. 1-15. in 15, And you kept him for both two seasons with two of the worst drafts just, just ever. Terrible drafts. And then number two, the thing that was the worst thing the Jets, one of the worst things the Jets have ever done, this couples in with the lost decade, is signing Neil O'Donnell in free agency. Neil O'Donnell was a starter for the New England, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Went to a freaking Super Bowl with the Patriots. Or I keep saying the Steelers. So he had success with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He went to a freaking Super Bowl. Not a lot of people could say, hey, I was a starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers in a Super Bowl. Not a lot of people could say that. One of the most legendary franchises in the NFL. And he was the starter for five years in Pittsburgh. Had some success. 17 touchdowns, 7 picks in his last year. 2,900 yards, completed 59% of his passes. Decent numbers, I guess. But you know what the Jets do with those decent numbers? Sign him to a 5-year, $25 million contract. And at that time, that's a lot of money. $25 million to be the starting quarterback of the New York Jets. And it's funny to hear him talk about this because like, I wanted to go back to the Steelers, but because we like we were closer to winning the Super Bowl with the, than the Jets. But why was the reason we went to the Jets? Ooh, because the Jets paid me money. They're way farther off than winning a Super Bowl, obviously. Thank you, Neil O'Donnell, for explaining that. They just finished 3-13, and 13, and the Steelers just came off a Super Bowl appearance. Yes, I think we are very well aware that the Pittsburgh Steelers are closer to going to a Super Bowl again than the New York Jets are. But thanks for clarifying. You went from a Super Bowl to the worst team in the NFL just came off the number one overall pick. Yeah, I think we know where your um, your brain works. Now he's from New Jersey, so there's another thing to go in there. Five-year, $25 million. In his first year with the Jets, he started six games, went 0-6, threw seven interceptions, four touchdowns, and 1,100 yards. Yeah, you don't sign a quarterback that just come off the Super Bowl appearance and do that. And we didn't even mention this. It would make sense to sign a quarterback coming after the Super Bowl if they actually, like, you know, did something good in the Super Bowl. Neil O'Donnell threw two of the worst interceptions in Super Bowl history to Larry Brown, which got Larry Brown a massive contract with the Raiders. And Neil O'Donnell, after playing one of the worst Super Bowls of all time, gets signed to a massive contract with the New York Jets. In the game, Neil O'Donnell went 28-49, 239 yards, a touchdown, and three picks with a quarterback rating of 51.3. As comparison, Troy Aikman had a quarterback rating of 108.8. He murdered him in that regard. He had a 55 quarterback rating, or 57 quarterback rating higher than Neil O'Donnell. But you know what, Neil O'Donnell? You went to a freaking Super Bowl, so that's all we need to know because we're the New York Jets. You went to a Super Bowl, so that's all that matters. He sucked. He went 0-6 in his first season at the Jets. He said it was absolutely terrible. And then the next year, starts 14 games, goes eight um goes eight and six, so he vastly improves. Uh throws 17 touchdowns, 17 pick or seven picks. Threw 21 touchdowns in two years. It's not great. It's not it's not great. 21 touchdowns in two years. Uh eventually got released and signed with the Cincinnati Bengals. And then before his eventually his career just tallied off with the Tennessee Titans. Terrible contract. One of the worst contracts in NFL history is the Neil O'Donnell contract. But you know what could have happened? What they could have done 
to just avoid this altogether. You wouldn't have even had this thing. Like, you could have just avoided this altogether. If you just drafted Dan Marino over Dave, uh, oh crap, not Davey O'Brien. Oh crap, I forgot. I'm for, I'm blanking. Ken O'Brien. Good Lord. You could have drafted Dan Marino. Yeah, the 24th pick. I don't know why Jets, the New York Jets have this sick fascination of getting their fans' hopes way up and then just ripping the carpet away from them. You have the 24th pick. Dan Marino has just fallen right into your lap at 24. Just falling right there. He's right there. So what do you do? Let's draft Ken O'Brien from UC Davis. Now, Ken O'Brien went to two Pro Bowls. Impressive stuff. Played for the Jets for, what, nine years. Nice. Great stuff. Great success. Great, great success. So, Jets fans, you wanted Warren Sapp. You got Kyle Brady. You wanted Dan Marino. You got Ken O'Brien. Now, Ken O'Brien had some success in the NFL, so it's not saying he's a complete bust, but comparing him to the likes of Dan Marino, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, who completely changed the game of the NFL, who went three picks after you drafted Ken O'Brien, to a division rival nonetheless. So you had to sit there and watch your division rival dominate the league like they did. And Dan Marino's second year as a starter, they went 14-2. and two. He threw 5,000 yards, 48 touchdowns. Like, he led the NFL in every single, like, major passing category in the NFL. Completions, attempts, yards, yards per attempt, yards per game, touchdowns, quarterback rate. Like, you just had him right there and you let him slip. You let him slip. Goodness gracious. You had him right there. But you didn't take him. You were scared. Much like... Warren sat before you were scared. You were worried that they weren't that. Oh, it's off the field issues that were completely fabrications made up by the media. That scared you off. So you drafted Ken O'Brien from UC Davis. <sighs> All of that Neil O'Donnell stuff could have been avoided. If you just drafted Dan Marino, it could have been all avoided. And while you were sitting there with Neil O'Donnell as your starting quarterback, you lost the Dolphins 36-27 and 31-20. You lost them twice in your illustrious 1-15 year in Rich Kotite's year. So I would call the 90s the lost decade. You could have avoided drafting or signing Neil O'Donnell if you just had Dan Marino. Daniel Constantine Marino. It could have been all been avoided. Nine-time Pro War, three-time first-team All-Pro, five-time second-team All-Pro, MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Walter Payton Man of the Year, NFL Comeback Player of the Year, five-time yard pa- NFL Passing Yards Leader, three-time Passing Touchdowns Leader, NFL Passer Rating Leader, NFL 100th Anniversary All-Time Team. And we didn't draft him. Why? Because there is some shady stuff going on right now. It was stupid. And there's a little quote right here. Bill Hillgrove, who was with Marino family on the day of the draft, later recalled when the New York draft selected Ken O'Brien, Marino became visibly ill. 
Ken O'Brien played in Division II Cal Davis was so obscure that Marino later asked his agent, Martin Dermoff, who is this Ken O'Brien? Jets, stop doing this to yourself. I mean, I'm cool with it because I love the New York Jets. The Jets are one of my favorite teams in NFL history because they keep shooting themselves in the foot every single time they do something. It's always so funny to watch. I love it, but Jets fans probably don't. So there's my top five dumbest things the New York Jets have ever done, and we could have filled out more, but those are the ones I think really, really were key into making the Jets to what they are now. The 90s, the lost decade with Rich Kotite, Kyle Brady, Neil O'Donnell, drafting Ken O'Brien over Dan Marino, Bill Belichick leaving. You could have thrown Mark Sanchez in there. You could have thrown numerous Jets things in there. Signing a Antonio Holmes, just everything. Rex Ryan, like you could throw so much stuff with the New York Jets. It's comical. Now, next Friday, we'll have this again with a new team. We'll come up with a new team to do this on next week. Should be a lot of fun. Love doing this stuff. Fridays are my favorite day of the Logan Blackman Show, and I hope you enjoyed this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. And so enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the rest of your week, life, whatever. Things are starting slowly come back to normal, just as regards to sports-wise. There's a lot of weird stuff going on in the world right now, but just, just stay positive with everything, and we'll all get through this together. So that's all I've got for you this on this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. Again, Enjoy the rest of your day, life, month, year, whatever. Just enjoy it. And I will see you guys on Monday. Peace.